Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. My name is Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. whatever you want to call me. Miss Cookie and Mr. Adrian's son, all that good stuff. But this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something that was written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another fun-filled, fantabulous week here as we broadcast live from our home studios in beautiful state of Georgia, in the East Continental United States. To all of our friends all around the world, thank you for joining us here at Deeper in the Word. We greatly appreciate y'all. And uh, we know that the Lord has a word for us today, my friends, that we need and that we can heed. Because it's one thing to be hearers of the word. The Bible tells us, don't just be hearers. Don't be hearers only. Be doers also. That means put into action what you hear. And that's a very appropriate topic, or lead-in, I should say, for today's topic. Because today's episode, my friends, is entitled, Me Against the World. Me Against the World. Me Against the World, baby. I know I'm going to be singing that a lot during this episode, just... I'm warning you ahead of time, okay? But this conversation is coming out of the book of James, chapter 4, verse 4. Here's how it sounds in the New American Standard Bible version. NASB, James 4, 4. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Now, excuse me. We said the show was entitled Be Against the World. And aside from being a very popular Tupac song, what does that phrase actually mean from a pop culture standpoint? Basically, it's a sentiment that expresses how somebody feels like they exist in opposition to everybody else. And it's usually expressed with respect to relationships like family or friendships. Like how somebody feels when they feel like their back is against the wall, they got nobody to help them, nobody who understands their plight or cares about them. And therefore, they're all on their own when it comes to dealing with that plight or with the the trials and tribulations of life in general. Because honestly, that's what Tupac was talking about in that song. Feeling like the entire world is against you and that therefore you stand alone solely in opposition to it, boldly with your chin up. Like fine, if I'm gonna take these licks, I'm gonna take them, okay? And essentially, me against the world is a statement That means that somebody has drawn a line of demarcation between themselves and some type of opposing force. 
especially one that is way more powerful than they are. And a line of demarcation, that's just means a well-defined separation between things that are considered to be different from each other. Think of it like a war. Two sides are fighting each other. They're on different sides of an issue and they're fighting. So there's a line of demarcation that's like, don't step over this line, that's the war line, okay? It's a well-defined separation between the two sides. Well, when you think about it that way, that's kind of how we want to examine our text today, our topic today for this episode. See, as believers, as those of us who follow Christ, we've got to draw that same line of demarcation in our own lives. That line between living how the world wants us to live and living how God in Christ is telling us to live, especially we call ourselves as followers. And when we talk about the world, I want to be crystal clear what we're talking about here. And a lot of y'all may know this, and you may not, just you know, bear with me for those that are unfamiliar. Because we all recognize that the saying, quote, the world, it can refer to the planet Earth, the physical universe. Like, okay, this world and Jupiter is a world and Saturn is a world. And even here on this world, there's a, uh, uh, the Nile River is in this world and the Grand Canyon in this world from a physical standpoint. And there's even scriptural evidence for this. And don't ever take my word for it. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 2. God, Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. That's the physical world. John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. But from a biblical or theological standpoint, we're talking about the world, more often what we're talking about is the man-made systems like governments and industries and man-made doctrines that have been implemented throughout the physical planet, throughout the physical world, the systems in the world. That's come to refer to world, the world as well. And there are often systems and doctrines that conflict with God's laws and his mandates and what he says in the world, in his word. Why? Because it's man-driven. And that's not, that's what we're supposed to stay away from. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin? Temptations are inevitable. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? John 15, 19, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 5, those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint 
and the world listens to them. Again, in those instances in those texts, that's not a physical world. That's talking about the systems, the ways of thinking that mankind have adopted throughout history that have made up the world systems. That's what that's talking about. That's what tempts people to sin. That's what we're no longer a part of, the way they think and live. We came out of that world, so it hates us. That's what 15 John 15, 9, 19 says. Those people belong to this world, so they speak with the world's viewpoint. That's what it is. The viewpoints that come from adopting those man-made systems and ideologies. So in this sense, overall, if y'all follow me, when we say the world, it means the earthwide system of people who are unsaved, people who live in sinfully, they live in self-indulgent lives and think in ways that only gratify themselves, me, 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 and serve their own flesh, serve themselves. All the things that being unsaved does not support, or all the things that being unsaved, I should say, supports and promotes. Because when you're unsaved, you, you, you make it about yourself. It's not about God. It's not about what he wants for you. It's not about him at all. It's about you. So we as followers of Christ, we can't, we can't think that way. We can't get down with that type of thinking. We can't get down with the things of the world because they are the exact opposite of what Christ represented. And he's our model. We have our eyes on the cross. That's the key for us. As followers of him, we too have to adopt a me against the world mentality. If we're going to follow him, call ourselves following him, we got to make a conscious choice about which one we're going to pledge our allegiance to. We seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or will we going to be seeking the gains and the trappings of the wicked and sinful realm that is the world and all its systems. Which one is going to be? We got to adopt a me against the world sensibility. Either we're going to roll with the world, or we're going to roll with the Lord. And if we're going to profess to be calling ourselves obedient to Jesus, obedient to the word, then we got to come to a place as believers where we understand that there should be such a drastic difference between us and the rest of the world, a world full of non-believers, that you can see a clear distinction between the two groups. You should definitely be able to tell them from us. And the only way you're going to do that is if we're acting differently, if we're thinking differently, if we're carrying ourselves differently than they do. We have to be so set apart, so separate from the world and our actions and our habits and our natures and how we live. We gotta be so separate that you can draw a clear line of demarcation. There's those words again. Between the two of us, between the two groups, based on those actions and those habits and those natures. And that brings us y'all to the big idea, this episode. Meaning if you don't get nothing else from this episode, get this, okay? And that's this. If we call ourselves following Christ, then there has to be a definite, definitive and clearly delineated 
separation between us and the rest of the world to the point that people can definitely tell the difference between the two. That basically, we got to adopt a me against the world mentality in terms of deciding which doctrines are going to rule over our lives, including our thought lives. Is it going to be the doctrines of the world or those of God and Christ? Because that's what James is saying in this text, basically. What you say and do will ultimately be what defines you. Your actions. That's what's ultimately going to define you. What you say and do. And as he's making it clear in this text, there's a certain mindset that we as followers of Christ already have to have. Meaning there's a truth that we have to already have acknowledged and accepted if we want to be calling ourselves his followers. There's a truth that we already have to get with. And he's telling us if, if we don't have that mindset, we don't accept those truths, then God places a highly unfavorable status on us. Period. And there's three aspects of this text that outline this. How we have to have this mindset. How there's a mindset we have to have already adopted before we draw this line of demarcation. A clearly defined separation. In order to be on one side or the other, you gotta pick a side. And that's the mindset you have to have. You have to already decide when you step to, up to the line, oh, this is for the Lord. I'm, I'm rocking with him to the end. When you stepped up to the line of demarcation toe to toe. So there's three aspects that we're all going to learn about that are going to empower us to adopt a me against the world mentality. And y'all like, okay, you keep saying three aspects. What three? Well, we're going to delve into them when we come back in our next segment and think about how we create a strict line of demarcation between ourselves and the world. How we make it all about pop against the world. <laughs> come back and join us for that discussion after we come back from the break, y'all. Hey, friends, check out the best faith-based radio station in the world. BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. BMC Radio promotes a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. We are committed to providing our growing global audience with well-rounded programming that promotes the gospel while also invoking fresh new approaches to what 21st century evangelism is truly about. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk to listen live every day, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And you can have your own show and advertise your business on BMC Radio for absolutely free, free, free. And as I always like to say, who doesn't love something that costs free 99 Again, simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and click on the menu for more information, including access to our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as BFTV and our 24-hour-a-day, 7-days-a-week music video channel known as BMC Radio Music Television. We invite you to join us every day at BMC Radio where we're reaching the unreachable. 
Move over, MTV, because BMC Radio Music Television is here. BMC Radio Music TV is our new 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week video music channel available on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international streaming television network. BMC Radio Music TV plays videos from artists from just about every area of music, from gospel and jazz to contemporary pop and beyond. The channel also broadcasts full-length concert films, artist interviews, and much, much more. You can access BMC Radio Music TV the same way you access our streaming TV channel, BFTV, by going to the BMC Radio website at www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV and you will see both channels available for your viewing pleasure. And if you're an artist or musician who wants to feature your music to an international audience, BMC Radio Music TV will put you on the channel for absolutely free. Log on today and learn more about how you can be featured on the best video music channel around. Again, that's www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to access BMC Radio Music TV today. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and yes, on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget to email us at info at bedevilatfakeministries.org. Send us your questions and your comments for the show so we can talk about what you want to have us talk about. Also, y'all can send us recommendations for special guests that you'd like to see on the show. We'll do our best to get them. We've had some amazing guests on both this show and our TV show, which is called Walk in the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries that airs every week, every Friday at 1 p.m. on BFTV on the Stream Television Network. And you can watch that by going to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. But yeah, we've had some great guests. And if you want to see somebody specific, let us know. Holler at us. Email us. Info at BedevilletFaithMinistry.org. Also, we want you to join us every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific, for our online church services. Just go to BenevolentFaithMinistries.online.church. You create a screen nickname and you can chat along with us during the service. We welcome you, people all over the world, people all over the world. Come on, fellowship with us and uh, hear the word of God and learn what it means to be in fellowship with others online in our online community. Amen? And as I mentioned before, y'all make sure y'all go check out the aforementioned BMC Radio. We love BMC Radio. Shout out to Evangelist Nick Brown, my partner in ministry at uh, BMC Radio. Um, based out of Wales in the UK, y'all. BMC, y'all know how they do. Play a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, old school music. All types of good, great music. To go along with faith-based messages and talk shows and 
Other shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. Just go to bmcradio.org.uk, click on the menu for more information. Also, again, we mentioned BFTV. I'll make sure y'all check it out. You can find it at that same link, bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Check out all of our great programming. We got another fantastic movie marathon coming up this Friday, which I believe is March 31st. Write it down. We got another fantastic marathon coming up with B uh, with TNT Management and Production. And they got a brand new movie out called Skulker. So we're going to be showing their projects leading up to the world television premiere of Skulker. Y'all check it out, man. That's coming up this weekend on BFTV. And if you like BMC Radio and BFTV, you'll love BMC Radio Music TV. That's our version of the faith-based, kind of faith-based like MTV, where we show videos from artists and gospel and jazz and contemporary pop and all that and more. We show full-length concert films and artist interviews and all that good stuff. And you access... BMC Music Television, the same way you access BFTV, by going to bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV, and when you pull up the menu, you'll see BMC Radio Music Television right below the BFTV channel. We actually have three channels, BFTV, BMC Radio Music Television, and Deliver Hope Ministries, which is Evangelist Nick Brown's channel. So y'all check us out on BFTV and uh, Deliver Hope and um, and BMC um, Radio Music TV because Stream Television Network is really taking the message of the gospel around the globe and we're really happy to be a part of it. But today, y'all, today's show is entitled Me Against the World. It's Me Against the World, baby. And we're talking about the clear separation that needs to exist between followers of Christ and the rest of the world. We should be so different that people can tell the difference between us and the world. And by separation, we don't mean that we withdraw from the world, more so that we live in the world without letting the world influence us or impact the way we think and therefore how we live. That's the difference. In our last segment, We highlighted, we hinted, I should say, that there are three aspects we should all learn that are going to empower us to adopt a me-against-the-world sensibility. So what are those three aspects? The first is that there's a condition we got to avoid, y'all. There's a condition we got to avoid. There's a certain way of thinking and being that we got to get away from. And I'm right out of the text, James chapter four, verse four. Look at the very first thing that he does. He labels them. That's the first thing out of his mouth in this verse. You adulterous says, 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 says. Okay? Now what is that, I'm being facetious. It's an adulteress. He says adulteresses. But what's an adulteress? What's an adulterer exactly? It's somebody that cheats on their spouse. Somebody that violates the sacred vows of marriage by engaging in activities with someone other than the person that they made those vows to. Okay? So by assigning them this title, he's using a metaphor of marriage. He's drawing a correlation between somebody that cheats on a spouse 
by not being dedicated to them and instead showing their allegiance to somebody else, he's drawn a correlation between that and somebody who cheats on God by not being dedicated to him and instead showing their allegiance to something else, in this case, that being sin. I mean, you can't even maintain two relationships successfully like successfully, I should say, like that. Like, how can your marriage reasonably last or be godly in any way when your devotions are split between two sources? You know, people actually have lived their lives with two different families. They may have a family out of town and they'd be like, oh, I'm going out of town for business. And they go out of town and they come be with a whole different family. People actually do that. That is like an impossible way to live. Why would you even want that? Like, just imagine a man and a woman get married, right? Man and a woman had a little baby. This they did. Now, just imagine they get married. And they're in love and things go well for a while. But after a while, let's say the wife starts developing a roving eye. Okay, and so now she's flirting and looking around. She finds herself another man and begins to spend her time with him and give him all her love. Now, on top of that, suppose that while she's living this way and not the husband knows that she's living this way, she's still going back to the husband and asking him for stuff like money and a car to drive and a place to live, right? And I think most of us men or women look at that situation and would pretty much deny her any money or any other additional help. Like you, go go to that person that you're seeing. Go to them for help. What you coming to me for, right? Now imagine how God feels when people cheat on him with their sins. When we cheat on him with our sins. When we develop a roving eye for the things of the world instead of focusing our gaze on him. You know, we break his heart by doing that. Same way you break your spouse's heart by cheating on him when you promise those vows. You break God's heart by doing what you want instead of what he wants for you. It's the same premise. Because you're cheating on him. And you think it's okay. But then um, you still coming to him asking for stuff and expecting him to give you stuff. Why should he? You violated the marriage covenant. Okay, you pledged yourself to Christ and now all of a sudden you're disobedient, but you're still praying for stuff and you wonder why you're not getting it. You broke the marriage covenant. You violate, you in violation. You owe poop. Thanks to God, the moment that me and you were saved into the global church body of believers, we became the bride of Christ. We was all up in the marriage. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. That's why James is bringing up this feminine ideology when he calls the people adulteresses. That's a feminine expression of being an adulterer or a harlot, like a, a whore, a prostitute. Similar to how the church being the bride of Christ invokes the image of a female. So when you cheat on the Lord, it's like the bride of Christ. It's like the church cheating on him. 
same way he's calling them adulteresses. And in the Old Testament, it's full of analogies that compare the nation of Israel to an unfaithful wife or a harlot or what would be considered an adulteress. Adulteress, I guess I should say. I just say adulteress, sister, sister, sister. Y'all know what I'm saying. But, you know, all that gender stuff aside, what that scripture is really telling us is that we immediately became involved in a love relationship with the Lord once you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And so because of that, we're supposed to remain pure and, and clean from the world, unspotted, unblemished from the world. Our love, our worship, and our allegiance, all of that is supposed to go to Jesus only. It's not supposed to be split between him and the world. We're not supposed to have one foot in, one foot out. Okay? When we embrace the world and ignore the Lord, you can't reasonably expect his blessings and his grace to be bestowed upon you. You're not doing what he says. You're not acknowledging him for who he is and the sovereignty he has over your life. But you want stuff from him. It doesn't work that way. When you commit that spiritual adultery against him, it cancels out a lot of stuff. When you cheat on your spouse, it cancels out a lot of stuff. First of all, let's just keep it real. You're not getting none. I mean, let's just keep it real, okay? You didn't already mess that up. But you'd have messed up more, way more important stuff than that. Trust. You know, the things that you've built together, you've messed all that up. And so now it cancels out a lot of things that would have went without saying in the marriage. That stuff's canceled. And so when you commit spiritual adultery against the Lord, it cancels out a lot of things the same way. That means your prayer is not going to get answered. That means that your relationship with God's going to get strained. Or it's going to get blocked altogether. Your blessings are going to get blocked. You can't be a friend of the world and walk a worldly path and still expect God to keep blessing your life. Look, God loves us, y'all. He, he, he loves us. He wants to meet our needs, all that good stuff. But you don't just get a free ride. You got to walk with him in a devoted love relationship. That's the part people always forget. Can't just act any old type of way and expect God to hear you and honor your prayer when you cry out to him. Anything short of complete devotion to him and his authority. If you don't do that, that forfeits that power working in your life and it cancels out any prayer he'll ever answer. Don't listen to me. Proverbs 15, verse 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. That's what James is talking about in this text. People who don't honor that love relationship with the Lord. So he gives them a title. He gives them a title that tells you who they are about their practices, their habits. It describes their condition or their state of mind and how that state of mind made them act. Adulteresses. In other words, he's telling them that they are being double-binded and they need to cut it out. Don't do that. And the same thing is true for us today as modern believers. 
We cannot choose to entertain worldly ideas and habits and yet call ourselves following Christ. We can't do it. James chapter 1 verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Your mind's not stable when it's this way one day and that way the next. There's no stability. You're up and you're down. You're a roller coaster of love. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You can't have one foot in, one foot out. Can't be double-minded in our thinking and our actions. We can't be wishy-washy in our faith. We can't be sometimey in our faith. We can't have a convenient type of faith. Oh, I believe when it's convenient for the situation. But also when it's convenient for the situation, I don't believe. I don't even know what you're talking about. I ain't never been in a church. We can't be doing that. Remember, you have to draw that line of demarcation between you and the rest of the world. And you can only do that by how you speak, how you act, how you carry yourself, especially how you treat others. That's how the world, that's the only way the world will know that you are different. It'll truly be a you against the world sensibility. You know, we gotta avoid getting to the point where we reach the condition of being adulterers adulteresses to our faith to where we fall outside of the love relationship with the Lord. So that's a condition that we got to avoid, man. But there's a couple other things that we're going to get to that we have to do as well. What are those things? Well, stay tuned. and We'll get to them after we come back from the break, y'all. The future of Christian television is now. The Global Church Body Media Group invites you to check out our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as Benevolent Faith Television, or BFTV. BFTV is our very own streaming television channel on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international television network. BFTV broadcasts a variety of both faith-based and some regular programming, including original short films, TV shows, music videos, talk shows, and much, much more. Plus, you can have your own show on BFTV for absolutely free. That's right, you heard me. You can broadcast your own television show on BFTV for absolutely no cost to you. We even offer in-house editing and production services. And, unlike other large streaming platforms, BFTV can be seen outside the Western Hemisphere to reach people groups throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and beyond. Not only that, but BFTV allows every listener to choose the language they want to watch TV in. Just press the Languages button on the TV menu and it will give you several different options. So check out BFTV today. You can access it from the same website where you can listen to BMC Radio, our international online radio station. Simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash 
BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV and start watching some great faith-based programming right now. BFTV, where the future of Christian television is now. Hey y'all, this is Rev Rob and I am excited to announce our brand new relationship with the mobile app known as Wisdom App where you have, quote, conversations that matter. Y'all like Wisdom App, what's that? Well, Wisdom App is a new mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most. When you download the app, it allows you to listen in real time and ask questions to experts in almost every area of life, from business and finance to fitness and fashion, from sports-based conversations to faith based dialogue. So check out Benevolent Faith's new chat platform on Wisdom App called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. We'll drop the topic and you come and speak about it. Download the Wisdom App in the Apple and Android stores today and search for at Rev Rob at lowercase R-E-V-R-O-B and become part of our growing world community in Christ where everyone is invited to speak on it. Amen. Hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word, my friends. Listen, please. Go download that Wisdom app that's available in Apple and Android stores everywhere right now. You know, it's a Wisdom app is a it's a great app, man. It's a mobile app. You get access to experts in every area of life, finance, business, sports. I mean, you can talk about the weather on there. They have experts for every area, and we have our own platform on there. It's a faith-based platform. It's called Speak On It. The Believer's Q&A, where we encourage you to come out and speak on it. As we like to say, we drop the topic and you come and speak about it. You can ask me questions directly on the app and we'll talk chat live on the air to a listenership around the world. And you can pre-ask the questions if you like. Ask them on um, Facebook. Go to our Facebook page and you'll see the post for Wisdom app and questions that you can ask Um and we'll answer them live on the air. And then you can come and join us and be a part of that. Amen. We appreciate everybody that listens to us on the Wisdom app. It's a great app and we encourage you all to get down with it. Even if you don't listen to us on there, it's a great app. Amen. But today, friends, today's show is entitled Me Against the World. We're talking about the clear separation that's got to be, got to be, has to exist between followers of Christ and the rest of the world. People have to know we're different from them, but how we act, walk, talk, speak, how we are. And we've been looking at three various aspects that facilitate our ability to make this happen. In the last segment, we started looking at the first of the three, which was that there's a condition we got to avoid. So here's the next one. There's a certainty we got to acknowledge. There's a certainty we got to acknowledge. And I'm right out of the text, James 4.4, look where it says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? And I love how James is basically saying this, like, you better recognize 
You know? Because it's like, basically, God considered you an adversary, his opposition. Because you showing love to Satan's realm and not to his kingdom. I mean, like, did y'all really not think that was going to upset him? Right? You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to Y'all need to come on in. Y'all need to recognize that it's stupid for you to do that. In fact, in order to understand exactly what James is saying in this passage, let's think of it in a more simplistic way, okay? Like, say, maybe a, a gang war or a turf war. When somebody belongs to a gang, according to gang etiquette, they can't associate with members of rival gangs. You can't chill with your enemy. Even when those rival gang members, those enemies are blood relatives, your cousin you grew up with, your uncle, even when they're family members by blood, you still can't associate with them. And if you do, you're basically considered a traitor to your own gang. You could be subject to judgment from them, including possibly being put to death. And your gang would say that to you directly. Like, you know we have a rule. No friendship with our enemies. It's the, sac- it's the exact same thing as being against us. You can't play both sides of the fence and think we were going to be happy with that. Y'all, it's the exact same way with being a follower of Christ in the kingdom of God today. And that's what James is saying in this text. If you choose the world, we just got through saying that it's a choice we got to make between him and the world. But if you choose the world, you do recognize you're going against God and you're you're declaring yourself God's enemy. When you pledge your allegiance to associate with the world, you declare your animosity towards God. You basically saying God is the op. First John chapter two, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. If you show love to the world, then you're basically saying that you love it more than you love your heavenly Father, that you choose the sinful ways of earth over the mandates of the word of God. You're choosing the man-made systems over what God has said is called and called truth. And you're taking the world's side, yet you're calling yourself a believer. There's another phrase for that in the gang world too. It's called false flagging. That means that you claim you in one gang, but you're wearing the, the flag or the, or the, the, the handkerchief or, or whatever you want to call it. You're wearing the color of another game. How you claim to be a part of this game, but you're wearing the color of another game. You're fat, flat, false flagging. When we get saved, we become tasked with changing our thought lives so that we can more effectively change our actions and our habits so that we're not adopting or selling out to the way the world, the rest of the world gets down so we ain't out here false flagging. Remember, the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, 7. Meaning whatever you think in your head, it's going to come out in your heart. And that's going to be reflective of who you are. 
So we have to change how we think and what we think about in order to think separately from the way the world thinks. Romans 12 verse 2 puts it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We know the truth is being exactly what Jesus told us. We, we don't have no reason not to believe that Jesus was who he said he was and that uh, as a result, his teachings weren't directly from God himself. We believe that. We have no reason not to believe that. That's the truth to us. So we contrast what the world accepts as true with that, which is what we know to be true. Because that's according to what Jesus said himself and we believe him. That is the essence of the certainty that we have to have y'all when it comes to believing as a man thinketh so is he so is he if we think we're separated and live that if we think we're separated we will begin to live that way and thinking that we're separated involves changing our mindset there's the way that the world says something should go and then there's a way that the follower of christ says it should go for instance the world says, I'm a good person. The follower of Christ says, only God is good. There's no self-exaltation there. The world person in the world says, I have a good heart. The follower of Christ says, I have a wicked heart because I know I'm a sinner. And I know I'm going to mess up. I know I ain't perfect. Person in the world, I got to get mine. It's all about me first. The follower of Christ says, First about God, then others, then me, I come last. I'm last in the pecking order. That's what Jesus said that we should, how we should regard ourselves. Here's somebody in the world says, I can do anything. Oh, I can do everything. The follower of Christ says, without God, I can't do anything. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. The follower of Christ recognizes that. Somebody in the world says, I love money. Follow of Christ says, I love God. Because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Including things like money. Prioritized. Somebody in the world says, I'm lucky or I make my own luck. I make my own luck. But the follow of Christ says, I'm blessed. They realize that there's no such thing. God is in sovereign control of all aspects of life. So if you got a good life, then you're blessed. You're not lucky. Somebody in the world says, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm nice until you cross me, until you do me wrong, until you do me wrong, then it's, then it's on. Follower of Christ says, I forgive you. Now we all struggle with that, don't we? We all kind of cross back over to what the world says. I'm nice until you cross me, and it's on. The world says, do whatever makes you happy. The follower of Christ said, do what pleases God. The world says, think positive. The follower of Christ says, think godly. The world says, that's just karma. The follower of Christ says, that's just the will of God. The world says, there's many ways to get to God. The follower of Christ says, Jesus is the only way to God. The world tells you to believe in yourself. Live your truth. Follow of Christ says, believe in Jesus. Live his truth. We have to acknowledge with certainty 
that having any association whatsoever with the world is going to mean that you are choosing the world over the Lord and that you're choosing to please yourself instead of pleasing him. So that's a condition we have to avoid and that's a certainty we got to acknowledge. Here's the last one and I'm done, y'all. There's a choice we got to accept. There's a choice we got to accept right out of the text. James 4.4, 4, therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's making it plain. Apostle James making it plain. God is going to label you if you choose the things of the world over him. You are going to be considered his enemy. And oftentimes I think we forget how serious it is to be considered an enemy of God. We already know how serious it is to be considered an enemy of anybody or that if somebody considers you an enemy, we know, uh, we know everything that comes with that. We know all the connotations associated with that. An enemy is adverse to your entire existence. Oftentimes, given the situation, your enemy wants to see you wiped from the face of the earth. They would love to destroy you or see you killed or murdered or whatever. An enemy is antagonistic on purpose. They want to get on your nerves because they don't like you because they're your enemy. An enemy is full of nothing but hostility for you and towards you. They want nothing but the worst for you. And yet, Scripture tells us in a couple of places that without Jesus, we are the enemies of God. If it wasn't for Jesus' efforts on the cross, his success, his victory on the cross, over the cross, over death, we would still be enemies of God. Romans 5.10 For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Y'all, if it wasn't for Jesus' sacrifice at Golgotha, all of us would still be enemies of God. So we are only reconciled back to him through the shed blood of Christ Jesus. So why would we want the most powerful entity in existence, in the universe? Why would we want that entity as our enemy? The God that created everything. The sun, the moon, the sun, the moon, the ocean, uh, uh, the, the, the seasons changing, humanity, animals, procreation, all of that stuff. You want to be the enemy of that guy? That's not smart. And James is basically saying, look, if you want to call yourself being faithful to the Lord, being obedient to Christ and God in Christ, then make it clearly known that you reject everything that the world has to offer. Because you make yourself a friend of the world by doing what the world does. Think about it. You got a very best friend in this life, okay? Whoever that is. 
The reason why y'all initially bonded in part, because y'all like doing the same things. That's a big part of why y'all were so close. That's us in the world, bonding over things that we both like and desire and want. Same premise. We're not called to enjoy and engage in the same types of activities and behaviors that the rest of the world does. And if we do, it's a clear indication to God that we've chosen that way of living over his way of living. Certain people you know you ain't supposed to hang with. But if you do and keep hanging with them, you're basically saying to God, Lord, I'm choosing these friends over you. And he's going to be like, all right. And he's going to give you up to that. You're going to get into trouble and whatever and then cry out to him. And he's going to be like, oh, now you want to come running back. You've stepped over the line of demarcation at that point. When in wartime, when a soldier steps over that line, it means that they're committing treason. They're agreeing to join the other side, to join the enemy, the same enemy against who they were just fighting. Saying to God, we got to make a clear choice about what side of the line we're going to stand on. Which one are we going to follow, Christ's way or the world's way? James is making it clear. Once you make that choice, and the choice isn't God, then you should probably expect everything to go downhill after that. Choosing God means means choosing to follow the ways of his son. You want to know the best way to do that? It's to be like him. Now notice what I said, like him. Not like other Christians, like other so-called believers. That's what gets people so disillusioned with people in the faith because they put their stock in a person forgetting that people are imperfect and destined to fail if you leave them to their own devices or leave them to their own power for too long. So people model themselves after someone that ain't real. And then when that reality becomes apparent, now they want to be disillusioned with the church and with the faith in general. When reality is it was their own fault. You put stock in a person. You weren't there for the Lord. You were there for that person. People are going to let you down. What'd you expect? So we got to know where to look when it comes to modeling the right behavior. So don't act like a Christian. Act like Christ. You know, I'm getting tired of that word Christians, you know, because it so many negative connotations with it. Because Christians do so many things in the name of the Lord that he would never sanction. And they give a bad taste in the mouth to people that say Christians. You know what I like? Christ's ones. (laughs) Instead of Christians, we're Christ's ones. How about that? We're supposed to act like him. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Don't act like a Christian. Don't act like Christ ones. Act like Christ. John 13, verses 34, 35. I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Don't act like Christ ones, act like Christ. Remember this, when the world points its finger and says, 
they don't act like Christians. They, they, they don't even act like they're supposed to act. You know what God says to that in our defense? He says, good, because I don't need no actors. Yeah, they don't act like Christians because I don't need no actors. They're living it out. So that's just who they are. Don't be an actor, friends. Scripture is clear in that regard. For uh, James chapter 1, verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. You know what that's saying? It's saying, don't talk about it. Be about it. Shut up. That scripture right there is telling you that whenever you do all that acting, you in front of the church like you so holy, falling out, hooping and hollering, whatever. Because some people really do have the spirit move them. I'm not saying that's wrong. But there's some people that be active. And for those people that do that, when you act the part of a believer instead of actually believing what you're acting out, you're not fooling God. You're only fooling yourself. You might be fooling the people around you, but you're not fooling God. Y'all, following Christ involves a lifestyle change. Changing how you think and changing how you act. So you live it out, in other words. It's not some facade you wear anytime you're out in public. It's what you are. It's what you live. It's not a mask you put on. It's who you are. So you don't act like a Christian. You don't act like Christ ones. You act like Christ himself. Because Christ ones, us, we're imperfect. So don't behave like imperfect people are expected to behave. Imperfect people are going to make mistakes, so don't follow them into their mistakes. Christ is perfect. So his model is what we should, that should be the goal. That should be what we're trying to attain. Y'all, when God says, I don't need actors, he's confirming that he wants us to live out our lives fully committed to being like his son. Not to just acting like we are every now and then, or pretending like we're going to do what we really ain't going to do. And that's the clear choice that you accept that helps you avoid being double-minded. Remember, we talked about that earlier. And it's the mentality that you have to have that says, as a believer that's tasked with behaving differently from everybody around you, you're committed to the idea that it's truly a matter of me against the world. Friends, let me be clear. Following Christ and being set apart from the world is not easy. I ain't gonna lie to you and say to you it's not easy. Or lie to you and say to you it is easy because it's not. There are a lot of things you're gonna have to give up that you like. A lot of people that you can't hang around anymore. Including people that are really near and dear to you. You ain't gonna be able to rock with them no more. Sometimes it can be a lonely experience. It can be a time of great testing and frustration and trial and isolation. But if this is the faith that we're going to profess to follow, if we gonna really be about this life that we've committed ourselves to living out and being obedient to, then being set apart Having a me against the world sensibility is a mandatory requirement. 
And when you make that choice, here's the great part. God will empower and comfort you during those times of loneliness and isolation and testing. He ain't gonna leave you hanging. He's definitely going to come to you. But you gotta trust. That involves following the mandatory requirement. And it's a mandatory requirement because the Bible tells us that God's will for your life is for you to live set apart and be different. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. So it's a difficult proposition, but the reward is so worth it. Matthew 19, verse 29. And everyone who has given up households or houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Yeah, being set apart is hard, but that right there is worth it. Saying to God, every day that you live your life as a believer, understand how very necessary it is for you to have a me against the world mentality. Amen. Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, and the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. And don't forget, you can find us on the web, the World Wide Web, at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to tune in to BFTV this Friday for our TNT Movie Marathon and the world television debut of Skulker. BFTV, where we're changing the face of Christian television. Just go to bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. You can check out BMC Radio while you're there and BMC Music Television. Amen. And don't forget to join us every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, for our online church services. Benevolentfaithministries.online.church. Create a screen nickname and chat along with us during the service. Amen. Hey, listen, we'll catch y'all next time. God willing. Holla.